Hi everyone, Russell Oliver here, the small business consultant for creativestartups.nz. Um, welcome to the podcast channel where we talk about business strategy, tactics, um, social media marketing, um, website analytics if you want to. We're talking about SEOs and also the startup hats, tips, tricks um, that is going to absolutely perform value for your startup. All right. So one of the clients asked me um, numerous times, when am I deemed officially in business? Um, do I have to pay taxes and all that type of stuff? The reason why they asked me this is because in, at that instant, they are wanting to test the markets to see if the um, product that they are going to introduce into the business world um, is going to make them absolutely a whole heap of money. All right, uh, Is it going to be successful? Is it going to flop? The only way that they are going to determine this is by testing it. But, however, they don't. They want to be very, very careful on crossing that threshold into actually being officially in business and start having to um, pay their obligations in full. In order to answer this, we will go through the official term of being in business and I'm going to also talk to you guys and girls about business structures which one's going to be more appropriate we're going to go through the sole trader we're going to go through partnerships uh, limited liability companies as well as franchises okay Um, very very important if you're wanting to know which structure is going to be absolutely vital for you So to determine if you're in business or, or not, it seems to be straightforward, or in, in some cases it doesn't. Okay, In 2005, Inland Revenue suggests that before deciding the type of entity you want to establish for your business, you need to determine whether you are actually in business to start off with. Okay, um, This isn't really that obvious because from the department's perspective, there are three certain conditions that must be met, okay, which are, are the fact that you start charging others for the goods and services you provide, um, or yeah, goods being products, services being services. Um, supply goods, services on a regular basis, or uh, intend to make a profit from doing so, okay? And if you meet any of those three criterias, then yes, you, you have crossed that um, threshold and you must start uh, thinking about business entities uh, such as a sole trader, a partnership, limited liability company or a franchise. And we will get into the sole trader in depth very, very shortly. I know what you're asking, what is a sole trader? Honestly, what do they do? What are they responsible for? Um, And how does it absolutely work? So being a sole trader means that your business is entirely built around you and you are trading on your own, okay? And you control, manage and own the business. You are 100% responsible for absolutely everything. Um, Example, the design and control of the the business, um, how the business functions on a daily basis, the services or products it provides, the business hours, the location, the revenue into the business, the profits the business makes, 
um, the debts and liabilities that you incur, as well as how the business is marketed, how the business develops, and how and when the business pays its own debts. It is absolutely um, a huge amount of responsibility. Okay, um, there's a few advantages and disadvantages. So let's let's go through the um, advantages of a sole trader. Um, there's the ease of information. There's no legal formalities involved. Okay, so that's pretty choice. Um, there's low startup costs. There's no legal fees um, are necessary, and other costs may be minimal, um, especially if you operate a home-based business like I oh, know about 65% of New Zealand. Um, there's more freedom from regulation. The sole proprietor of the trader makes their own rules regarding the constitution or character and management of their own business. The owner is in direct control. No one else has the right to tell the uh, business owner how they are going to run their business. All profits go to the owner. How, how, how great is that? You know, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, maximum privacy. Okay, there's no legal requirement to disclose um, their business affairs other than to the government bodies such as the Inland Revenue for tax purposes and statistics for uh, in New Zealand for statistical information. Okay, and it is also easy to change the legal structure because the structure is simple and cost minimal. It's easy to change to a more complex structure such um, as the business grows. Right, but however, there's a few disadvantages. There's the unlimited liability. As a sole owner of the business, the owner is personally liable for business contracts and debts. Okay, um, they are also responsible for neglect at and other wrongs committed by employees within that business. Okay, and with the business's activities, private assets. Sorry, private assets um, such as a house or car may be sold to meet the business's financial obligations if required. There's also the narrow, narrow management base. The management depends primarily on the competence of the owner and they have only themselves to blame if things go absolutely wrong. Um, lack of continuity if the owner is sick or wishes to go on holiday, finding a replacement is bloody hard, trust me. You know, I've done this many a times and it sucks. Um, but if the business owner retires or dies then the business stops right then and there it doesn't get passed on or anything um there's difficulty in raising capital financial institutions require security over assets before they will lend money to the businesses a sole trader is therefore restricted to the amount that they can borrow by the value of their personal assets such as home motor vehicle or any other um, property that they kind of have the growth itself can be quite limited also since there is only one owner who can contribute um, capital and skills and may be difficult to grow without employing others with appropriate skills and acquiring other sources of finance. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, advantages for um, sole traders and I do be believe being a sole trader, you um, you know, because you're not earning a lot of cash, you're actually absolutely subject to a very, very low tax rate. In itself um, and it can be quite difficult being on your own it is really difficult to be on your own um, you can sort of try and gain knowledge and um, like a sponge off other people but believe me sole trader you know if you can do it believe me by all means do it um, but however you know you've only got yourself at the end of the day
Partnership, all right. Uh, partnerships are exactly the, as the name suggests, um, and it can be pretty interesting as well. So several people or entities may decide to set up a business together, and in doing so, they may pull their assets and, sh- and the share and the business profits and liabilities. The value of a partnership is that it enables a mix of different and additional skills, abilities, ideas, and perspective to be utilised. Okay, so what determines as a partnership? It's uh, sh- they share responsibility for running the business. They have shares in any um, profit or loss equally. They they share it unless the partnership agreement states otherwise. And also, it's liable for any debt within the partnership in itself. So basically, if you have three people in the business in the partnership in itself. Um, you know, you have to split the profits three ways. Um, also, you split the debts three ways as well. So it gives you a little bit more um, more security. So the approach to inland revenue um, takes into um, takes the income taxes that the partnership itself does not pay income tax. Instead, it distributes the partnership income to the partners. The partners then pay tax on their own share. Income, tax credits, rebates, gains, expenditure or losses allocated to a partner in their income year will be generally be allocated in proportion to each partner's share in the partnership's income under the partnership agreement. Alright, make sure you have some sort of agreement in your partnership. Okay. Um, so basically as a safety measure for the people in a business partnership, their formal partnership should be established within a written uh, partnership agreement or a partnership deed, that's what we call it these days, a legal document that sets out their duties and obligations and how they will deal with profits or losses, how they might deal with conflict or the process to be used if one person wants to leave the partnership. A partnership is not separate is not a separate legal entity legally it's simply a number of individuals each partner has the power to enter into contracts as other transactions that will be binding on the fellow partners all right the assets of the business are viewed as belonging to the partners limited partnerships however um, are separate entities in their own right and separate from their shareholders which involve the company's office because they are different to other partnerships Take note of that one. So the advantages in itself, um, there's the ease of information. A partnership can be formed simply by an oral agreement, although it's better to do this in writing. Um, it, you know, preferably to have a good partnership agreement at the outset. All right. There's low start costs uh, from the costs involved in a partnership agreement is drawn up. Costs are very, very minimal. Um, there's more sources of capital. Um, the involvement of more than one person generally means more access to capital. Partners may or may not be actively involved in the business. Those who invest capital or provide advice and skills without involvement on a day-to-day basis are known as sleeping and silent, silent partners. Broader management base, there is more skills and expertise to draw on on a partnership than there is for a sole trader. Broadham, uh, sorry, privacy of business affairs partnerships are required to disclose information only as specified in the contract or agreement. Otherwise, the obligations are the same as they are for sole traders. Limited uh, external regulation if there is no binding 
contract or agreement, the provisions of the Partnership Act 1908 apply. Uh, for example, profits are shared equally among partners. And also, it's easy to change the legal structure. It's easy to change a partnership agreement to bring in more partners to meet more associated with a growth in business. However, there's some disadvantages too. Okay, there is unlimited liability, um, only except in special partnerships. Okay, the partners are jointly and severably liable for all the partnership's debts. This means if a creditor has a claim, uh, against the partnership, uh, if one of partners is unable to pay the sh- uh, their share of the debt, the remaining partners are personally liable for all of the debts of, of the firm. Even those debts in excess of the amount invested in the business, for this reason it is important that the partners have confidence and trust in each other, um, that the actions of one may cause the partnership's business to become insolvent. Lack of continuity um, in itself, also, it's um, a partner's partnership lives only for as long as all the other partners continue to, uh, to own the business. If one partner leaves the business or dies, um, the partnership ends just like that. Okay, if there were more than two partners to deal with, the remaining partners constitute a new partnership. Um, before a partner can transfer their stake in the partnership to someone else. They must obtain the consent of all the other partners, which is sometimes very difficult to achieve. Um, there's also divided authority. Unless otherwise specified in the partnership agreement, partners have equal rights and management of the partnership and the conduct of the business, such as entering into contracts or other transactions. A contract made by one partner is binding by all parts. Um, it's also... Uh, leads to a bit of friction between partners. Each partner depends on the ability of their um, fellow partners to agree and resolve conflicts in a way that is satisfactory to everyone. It is really, really hard to get people to agree, okay? And um, I'll tell you what, if you think that was a little bit complex, wait till you hear the next one. Okay, companies, okay, um, limited liability companies. The companies themselves are very common business structures in New Zealand. They're everywhere and in print and they announce what they are by the use of the LTD or limited written in a company name. They are a separate legal entity to their shareholders. The IRDs state that a company owns all the assets and liabilities of the business and is responsible for any debts it may have. Importantly, the shareholders' liability for losses is limited to their share of ownership of the company. However, a shareholder may be liable for business debts if they are running the business, aka a, a director, as a director, and are found to be, have uh, traded dishonestly, all right, um, or behaved in a reckless fashion without the company's interest in mind. One barrier um, with the limited liability cover is that most financial lenders will only give a business loan in exchange for a personal guarantee from the shareholder that they will negate the limited liability. So yeah. 
All new companies formed since the uh, 1st of July 1994 are incorporated under the the Companies Act 1993. Incorporation involves in itself approval of um, to use a business name, (coughs) excuse me, the constitution of rules of a company, if the company doesn't have any constitution um, of its own, all the provisions of the act apply. Okay, very, very simple stuff. The location of the um, registered office and also the particulars of all directors and shareholders, including the consent form. The payment of a fee to the company's um, office, which is I think about 43 bucks a year. Um, and the Companies Act is an important legislation for a company directors to be familiar with because it requires all companies to be registered under the Act and it outlines the duties of directors and shareholders and talks about company constitutions and the solvency test. Okay, so there's a lot to take um, take in there. So the advantages of having a limited liability company. <coughs> um, there's limited liability, um, as described earlier, but personal guarantees of the shareholders and all directors are normally required by a financial institution and therefore negate this advantage over sole proprietorship or trader and partnership forms of ownership. If shareholders change, um, it is a relatively simple procedure to transfer shares so continuity is very assured. So basically if one person decides to leave, um, you know, another person comes in, buys them out, simple as that and takes over their responsibilities. Some financial institutions suggest that a small business owner who has set up a company structure is serious about being a business for the long term and therefore are more positive about lending them a lot of money. Okay, um, You only need one person to form a limited liability company and they may, <laughs> they may hold only one share. The disadvantages of a company is that it is very costly and time consuming to set up. Um, The Companies Act requires more annual returns um, that are filed with the company's office. Uh, I don't know how that's a disadvantage because it's actually pretty damn easy to do. Um, The companies are more regulated than the other two, um, like say, sole traders and partnerships, okay? So basically you get audited to the hilt, bro, uh, just like that. There's one business structure that I totally forgot about. Okay, I didn't realize uh, until now. This is what we call a trading trust. A trading trust is a trust that trades or is in business. A trust is a legal structure used to maximize the the, um, financial advantages of actually being in business. A trading trust is able to operate as a business with the added advantage of being able to pay money or profits to the beneficiaries of the trust without them having to be employed in the business or work in the business unlike a company. A trading trust is often an attractive option for people running a company who have non-working children under the age of 16. The deed deed of trust is for a trading trust will probably give the trustees specific powers regarding the establishment of a business the day-to-day runnings. Apart from these specific powers, the deed of trust will have a settler, trustees, beneficiaries, and would a deed 
for a family trust. So it's quite a bit involved with that one. <clears throat> the title to the business is given to a trustee in order to hold a property, run the business, distribute the income to the beneficiaries and abide by the provisions of the trustee. The trustees of the trading trust may be individuals or a limited liability company may be appointed as the trustee. Okay, um, This form of business structure is growing and it's bloody popular because it affords protections to the owner's assets. The legal ownerships of these assets is transferred to the trust. The trading trust also offers a family business many advantages that cannot be gained under free legal forms which is the sole trader, partnership and limited liability company already discussed before. Okay. Um, one benefit of the trust is the ability to split income amongst lower rates of taxpayers. Trustees must ensure that they are that when they distribute income they meet all the inland revenues taxation requirements. So the legal and financial structure of any entity of an entity is influenced by the goods or services being offered, the size of the business, the financial requirements, the aptitude, I think the attitude to risk and sometimes by the owner's personal preference. Each business is unique. Um, the owner's needs, motivations and financial background will impact on the decisions about business structure. Um, so moreover, the ownership decisions may now, um, made now may not necessarily be forever. As circumstances change, um, so does the cycle of life and all that type of stuff, a different structure may be needed. What is a franchise? Okay, and a franchise is a method of distributing products or services uh, involving a franchisor who establishes the brand's trademark or trade name in the end of business system. Okay, so they all they all do the heavy lifting, the um, the legal structures, and um, and select um, you know the um, the right processes um, to operate their business. In itself, um, and the franchisee who pays a royalty and often a initial fee for the rights to do business under the franchisor's name and system. So technically, the contracts binding the two parties is the, franch- is the franchise, um, but that term is commonly refers to the actual business that the franchisees operates. Um, the practice of creating and distributing the brand and franchise system is most often returned to as franchising. Um, there's two different types of franchising relationship. Business format franchising is the most identifiable. Okay, in a business format franchise, the franchisor provides the franchisee, uh, not just its trade name, products and services, but an entire system for operating the business. Okay, so the franchisee uh, generally receives site selection, and um, the development support and operating manuals, training, brand standards, quality control, uh, marketing strategy, and business advisory support from the franchisor uh, as well. Which, um, while less identified with franchising, traditional or product distribution for franchising is larger than um, in total sales than a business format franchising. Examples of traditional or product distribution franchising can be found in the bottling, gasoline, automobile and other manufacturing industries in itself. 
So it's all about relationships, eh? honestly. So many people, when they think about franchising, focus first on the law. Um, while the law is certainly very important, it's not the central thing to understand about franchising. At its core, franchising is about the franchisor's brand value, okay? How the fran- franchisor supports its franchisees and how the um, franchisees meet its obligations to deliver the products and services to the system's brand standards and most importantly franchising is all about the relationship that the franchisor has with its franchisees okay um, it's also about brand okay so the brand is the most important uh, valuable asset and consumers decide which business to shop at and often to frequent um, that business based on what they know okay so they do business based on what they know or think they know about the brand to a certain extent, consumers don't really care about who owns the business, so um, so long as their brand expectations are met. If you meet a, if you become a franchisee, you'll certainly um, will be developing a relationship with uh, your customers to maintain their loyalty, and most certainly the customers will choose to purchase from you because of the quality of your services and the personal relationship you establish with them. But first and foremost, they have trust in the brand to meet their expectations and the franchisor and the other franchisees in the system may rely on you to meet those expectations also. So that's it in a nutshell, okay, um, so you learned about business structures, I've actually talked about more than what I uh, ought, supposed to, but I'll tell you what, we went through sole trader, um, partnership, company, trust, and franchise, okay, there's quite a few options um, that add, adds a bit of spice, okay, towards your own very own business structure. So the commonality that I do have here is the fact that a sole trader and a partnership is more diversive okay you can literally change it up a little bit you can change your um, business structure uh, up to a company up to a franchise up to a trust or whatever um, however when you get to the bigger systems in place where it's absolutely more uh, more technical um, such as the company the uh, franchise it gets a little bit difficult to change it back okay so you know you kind of have to be careful on that as well so as a startup, if you're starting small and you, you're by yourself um, and employ a couple of staff, I honestly um, stick to the sole trader or the partnership. All right, have a bit of um, um, financial smarts as well, um, and also have have a bit of trust in the people that you're working with as well, um, employees or partners. Okay, They're very very important. If you're in a partnership or a company or hire, uh, have some sort of written agreement for the directors. All right. So that's enough from me. I will catch you on the flip side.